You're listening to Alumni Allowed, a new podcast by Graduate Center students for Graduate Center students. In each episode, we talk with a GC graduate about their career and the advice they would give current students. This series is sponsored by the Office of Career Planning and Professional Development at the Graduate Center. Today I met with Bria Tremblay, who graduated from our Masters of Liberal Studies program with a concentration in international affairs. She has worked as a writer and editor at multiple media companies, and now she handles content strategy at Viacom. She talks with us about her own journey and gives advice to graduate students who are thinking about careers in media. Today I'm with Bria Tremblay, and we're talking about her career and how she moved from our Masters of Liberal Studies program at the Graduate Center into Viacom. So what took you to Viacom? Well, it was a long path actually from the Graduate uh, Center to Viacom. When I first started here, I realized that I really liked to write through some of my classes here. And I started writing while working here at uh, Mediate, which does a lot of news media related stories. And then I added an absolutely essential part of my day. I wrote some um, teen television news bites, um, just random stuff for a company called Wet Paint. And um, realized that I really liked the very high octane, profoundly stupid editorial voice that I used for them. And it was a very nice counterpart to the work I was doing here. If I was spending the day, you know, learning about game theory, then to go home and be like, Katy Perry did this crazy thing. It was a lot of fun. So then I, uh, but they were in Seattle and I was uh, looking to get to know people in an office. So, and learn from them here, particularly as I explored new writing ventures. So I took a very similar job with Alloy Entertainment here, which at the time they did Gossip Girl, Vampire Diaries, Pretty Little Liars, and 9,000 other shows and entertainment properties. And that was really fascinating. I worked with some wonderful, wonderful people. And from, but it, it was also like permalance and a couple days a week while I was here as well. And then I had another job, so they were getting sold to Warner Brothers. So it was time to really move fully into writing as a day job. And I started then at a company called Viggle, which was a second screen entertainment program for about 70 shows a week. And I started as an editor there and eventually worked my way up to content director. It was a chaotic startup type of place to work, so people were just quitting all the time, which was great for me and great for my resume. Um, So I spent some time there. I did two separate Olympics, which was as many Olympics as I was going to let myself do. And then I went over to Daily Beast thinking that I'd be able to use some more of my international studies background that I got here and realized that the news cycle was not good for me. I'm still obviously obsessed with the news and following it quite a bit, but to have that as my day in day out job was just too intense. So I was assistant managing editor there, which was amazing and I met a lot of great people. But then I had the opportunity to launch an SVOD, uh, the editorial component of an SVOD for Lionsgate. So I jumped on that. And it was a joint venture with Tribeca Film Festival and Lionsgate. And then it became more of a Lionsgate project. And, you know, there's going to be some office moving and stuff. And obviously I love New York. So, and at the same time, some old coworkers that I had worked with at Viggle who were the 
most fun to work with and so smart and had such great product sense. They um, had just joined Viacom and they had said, uh, we'd love to have you. And I always said any place that they liked is a place I wanted to work. So I jumped ship and went over there. So now I do uh, content strategy. That was a very long journey and a very long answer. <laughs> you have done a lot of different media companies. Have you always done writing for them or did your roles change in all of these roles different Roles have places? changed. I still love to write, but I am not a reporter. I'm not someone that can write 24-7. Uh, so I have also found that my writing gets a lot better when I have a certain amount of my day, which is spent on writing, or excuse me, editing and a certain amount of my day that thinks about content is a much broader picture. So at Daily Beast, it was a lot of the logistics of producing work, that we had over 50 full-time employees and multiple offices and roughly 10,000 freelancers. So uh, it was, and we published something like 60 pieces of content today. So it was a lot of figuring out where things were at various stages. and what had art and what didn't, what headlines you were doing and what's working well on the page and you know what sort of things in the news cycle are we missing. So that was, and then I did some writing there as well. So it was really every step of the process was there. My current job is more big picture thinking about. Can you give us the title of that real quick? Sure, content, uh, content strategy basically okay. uh, is what I do. So I think about like, and I mean, it's sort of a, a invoke thing to talk about mm -hmm. uh, editorial is not just writing right now but also like video and how we interact with video and social and all that and I think to some extent it's a little hype um, but at the same time there is something to be said for the fact that each one of these programs is really experienced at a lot of different levels so it's a fun thing for me to get to think about it's a fun thing to think about like arc and characters and whatnot and, you know, to really examine content across genre and find out what the similarities are and what um, the audiences respond to. And, you know, we try and keep in mind that, like, every show is someone's favorite show. So I'm trying to figure out who that person is and how to then get them another show they might like to. So what is a typical day like then doing the job you have now? Um, there is no typical day, which I really like. Um, right now I work basically on project-based, like month-to-month -month sprints, mm -hmm. where we will explore something. It's a lot of exploration. We're very lucky right now to be in that position. Yeah, and just see if there's any way that our users, our brands, or whatever, uh, can have, can we can assist them and, and, I don't know, flooding the world with wonderful Viacom <laughs> content. Yes, of course. <laughs> So, what originally brought you to the Graduate Center? Why did you decide to do the Master's of Liberal Studies here? Uh, well, I moved to New York about three years before I started here, and I love New York. And I had always walked home past this place and thought, what a nice looking building. And then, uh, and everyone had spoken very highly of uh, this facility and that everyone was... Um, quite smart but very approachable as well. I have very little patience for snobbery and anything, um, especially academia. So, you know, I was sold basically. Also, my therapist was like, that place is great. I was like, okay, <laughs> sign me up. <laughs> great. And then um, why did you choose the liberal studies and then you also concentrated on international studies, right? Yes. Um, it seemed very 
uh, flexible in terms of curriculum. Uh, I wasn't sure exactly what sort of title I wanted going out of the job. And part of the reason why I wanted to get a master's in general was that I wanted to spend a little bit more time uh, exploring what I was actually interested in. And it seemed to be the program in which you could do that. And so once you got in mm -hmm. and you're here studying, what are some of the skills that you were able to build and hone while you were a student here? I think the biggest thing was I kind of came in not sure how much permission I had to direct my study, to direct my own career, to start to make decisions based on whether or not I wanted to do something. And while I was here, I got to take classes and figure out what my connection was to them on a, other than like, oh, this is the, you know, your undergrad schedule is basically set by, mm -hmm. you know, your undergrad university. And here I got to really be like, okay, that was interesting. Let's shift a little bit more in that direction. Or no, that was definitely something I'm terrible at. And, and to just be able to let myself be terrible at it and not need to then devote another three years to it, you know, like that was, that was pretty exciting. And certainly something that I start, when I started doing that here, I was really able to, in the rest of my career, sort of transfer those uh, tendencies. And were there things you wish you had done more of while you were in graduate school? More mm -hmm. of that skill building? I wish I had reached out to more people here. Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's such an interesting collection of people. Um, I think that I was unnecessarily timid about my qualifications. I think on some level I had some intellectual insecurity and was very concerned that you know everyone would would see and understand that I was not a high caliber scholar and then wouldn't mm. you know uh, which was silly extremely silly and something I try and keep in mind now you know obviously that type of stuff still boils up for everyone I think but uh, yeah I really regret that um, I regret not even leaning further into joining and then quitting things and because you know I this idea of really making the decision to either enjoy or not enjoy something yeah I, I still felt a little forbidden on some level and I wish that I had been um, a little less uh, self-restrictive in that way if that makes sense okay sure and uh, specific to your writing, mm -hmm. what kinds of writing were you doing in graduate school and how did that help your career or did it? Mm -hmm. And what would you, what kind of recommendations would you make for that? I had not done creative writing before I started here, so I think that was my biggest takeaway. Um, I, and I was not planning on doing creative writing while I was here either, so this was a big surprise to me. I, um, it always been a really big reader and uh, it just never occurred to me to write and I'd always been kind of creative I was a terrible musician uh, and I quit right before I started here so I think maybe I had some sort of lingering like creative drive that was going unsatisfied um, but then once I was here I had a class my first semester where we had to do a creative project and I wrote about a house that my family uh, built, I believe that was what I wrote about. And it was really an enjoyable experience writing about it. And I turned it in being like, this is such a crazy thing. I can't, you know, up until that point, I had just written like college papers with like a five paragraph format mm -hmm. or whatever. And my professor ended up enjoying it. But I think more importantly, I 
enjoyed it. So, and I knew a lot of writers. I'd always been kind of hanging out with them. So I started to kind of explore other ways to do it and get feedback and as much as I could do it here as well. And do you still continue, even though it's not part of your job, are you still writing? Yeah, part of the reason why I wanted to take this particular gig um, is that thinking uh, at, at like an organization level is helpful for me in my own writing because I tend to get very minute with all of it. So that's helpful. And also it's a different part of my brain, so I have more energy to write when I get home if I want to. Okay. And um, what advice could you give to some of our graduate students who are looking into maybe not the exact career that you have, but they Mm -hmm. want to get into media like you? You've had a ton of experience with different companies. What's the best way for a graduate student who's mainly in academia to -hmm. move into something like media and communications? Um, The best way is to do a lot of grunt work. May, I mean, it's hard when you're coming out of to a, a graduate career. You know, I mean, it's hard to. I don't know. I was the oldest intern at the world in the world when I first went into media. I was so old, and they made fun of me all the time. The other children interns. Um, so it starts as an internship usually. Is that not? I mean, not all the time, but no. it is a. It's you need to get clips, even if you're not going to write. I mean, I can't. From starting in the media world, writing is really the best way to get a toehold in that um, there are a lot of very poorly paid media positions that involve writing that will give you clips. And the second you have clips, you can say to someone, oh, you know, I would love to you know, work for you, write for you, or do something with you. Here's the other stuff I've done. If you're just like conceptually being like, theoretically, I would like to do this, that's a difficult ask to get. I've been mm-hmm. on the other end of that. And I'm like, well, great, go ahead. And, you know, I can't help you. Like I can't, you know, I mean, if I knew the person was worthwhile, sure. But the way I usually know they're worthwhile is if I look at what they do, and then I'm like, okay. So these clips are like samples of work. Samples of work, yeah. um, and it may not be anything that you really are that proud of on some level. Like I'm sure you're doing work here that it, you're more proud of, but every single person that has worked in media can tell you what terrible thing they had to do when they were first starting, whether it be writing, you know, show blurbs or, um, oh God, there's one month that I spent editing like death dates on a you know famous politicians who die database or something terrible like that and that's just part of it um and being able to because part of the what you're trying to express to these people is that you are talented and smart know what you're doing the other part is that you're very willing to work hard and some people are able to circumvent that process but generally speaking in a media organization you very quickly figure out who those people are and if you, if you are willing to work hard, you'll advance. Okay, <laughs> no, I, that. Think, I think that's great advice. Um, so, um, and don't, be, it is, do don't it. be narrow. Like if you are like, oh, I don't want to be a sports, sports writer, but I have this sports writing opportunity I think I'll pass, don't. Take it. Sure. Write about sports. Figure it out. And then don't tell anyone you don't know anything about sports. The internet exists. Google it. And talk great. to people that know sp- about sports. Like it's, you're not going to... People aren't going to look at your stuff and be like, oh, I see you once wrote for a cooking website. We don't want you because we just do news. Like, I mean, that is, that maybe could have been true like 30 years ago, but it's definitely not true today. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is to create a lot of, a lot of work. So diversify too. Yeah, absolutely. And then you learn different things. Like I've never 
learned more about editing than when I was doing these second screen TV things, which were horrible. But it was such a restrictive format that I learned more about what makes a sentence pop, what makes what are the important parts of content in that particular job uh, than I have anywhere else. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, what kind of skills uh, make a person good at what you're doing now? Like, what, what's, <laughs> what kind of skill set do you use in content strategy exactly? Oh, man. It's a very generic. It's a lot, I know. <laughs> it's a lot of... Um, it's a lot of understanding the content, but also understanding the people that make the content. And, you know, trying to do the most problem solving you can while understanding that they are the experts on this particular piece of content. I mean, it's honestly like it's a lot of stuff that I imagine makes graduates much easier learning how to write a conversational email um, figuring out where there's going to be issues with the group and heading them off as quickly as possible being diligent about working on a large project being able to articulate when something's not right you know that sort of thing uh, being honest about the problem um, are you doing a lot of people management too in your position uh, less with like my people that report to me mm-hmm. and more like horizontal you know right. there's a lot large teams the group. that work on these things yeah and they all have very different specialties, and they all work, you know, according to, you know, they're working towards their own goals. So how do you talk about graduate school when you're applying to jobs? All they wanted to know about grad school is that it's made me a better employee. They don't really care about the specifics of my classes or this or that. Sure. They just want to make sure that I did graduate from here, and then they want me to spin it in a way that advocates. So, how do, you, so how do you spin it? That would be good advice That it's very... It's very hard to go to grad school. I mean, I don't say it exactly like that, but it's, it requires having, you know, obviously all the things I just mentioned, project management skills, people management skills, um, an understanding of your own capacity. And um, finishing a goal you set for yourself is always a big, wonderful deal. Yeah, I think that's usually what I, I talk about. The ability to research a lot of, employers are, or at least HR folks, seem to be very concerned about people's research skills, mm-hmm. um, which is good. Uh, and, you know, I guess on some level, it's all, I've always stressed that it taught me some patience and that, you know, school is sometimes requires patience and uh, so does the workplace. So, Good. Great. That is good advice. I feel like for me, the biggest thing that I learned here was to be, to sort of lean into my, any intellectual curiosity I had and to not limit myself based on my, you know, preconceived ideas of that. Uh, And that certainly has helped me in my career. Um, The stuff I did here, figuring out, oh, I really like writing, getting to do more of that. Getting feedback on that uh, obviously has helped a lot, but also stuff like talking to people that I find intellectually intimidating. You know, before I applied to the Data Beast job, I was like, there's no way I'll be qualified for that. Um, and I, I feel like on some level, having to, you know, deal with that particular shade of self doubt while at school helped me just be like, okay, fuck it, we'll do it. Yeah. Excuse me. No, that's okay. Were there any Graduate Center specific resources or experiences that helped prepare you that you would recommend to current students? Um, I don't know if we, we didn't have the Career Center. Yeah, but I think it's here. amazing. Last yeah. year I went to your um, 
fair or mm -hmm. presentation thing, which was great. I wasn't here either, so I'd forget the name, okay. but I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and it was wonderful to hear the various panels of people that have gone on mm -hmm. to stuff. And, you know, I mean, even in... Um, so this is not, this is slightly off topic, but even in my offices, it's amazing. We do this, we do girls who code every year. Um, mm -hmm. at the, we have at the last two places I've worked three places and, uh, um, part of the program, if you're not familiar is, uh, you get a whole bunch of people from your department and they all talk about their career paths. And it's fascinating how little, how very few people stick with that thing that they studied. I mean, I'm sure everyone who's at the Graduate Center currently will get the job that they want in the field that they're planning on. <laughs> um, but like at Daily Beast, we had a CTO who um, had majored in theater, you know, and then and had gotten an advanced degree in it, I believe, as well. And like, it's just fascinating to see how much people's lives change. And so for me, while I was here, like it was it was that was kind of the start of understanding that, my time here. So I wish I had taken more advantage of the resources here that were set up to do, help me with that exact same thing. Uh, but it just didn't occur to me. No, we, we, uh, we all uh, are sometimes a little too focused on our own studies and we forget to look around. Mm -hmm. um, finding, I'm hearing that a lot from various people, graduates and current students. What do you enjoy most about your job? Or what do you find most rewarding? Okay, so I grew up without, um, in a very like uh, religious, super conservative home. Um, a little, you know, off the grid as well. A little, little uh, prepper, mm -hmm. uh, prepper light. And I, um, I didn't really have access to a lot of entertainment. I didn't really have a lot of access to books or things like that. I had some limited. Uh, and the stuff that I was able to get a hold of meant so much to me. And in, in hindsight, some of it was terrible. Like it was, the quality was just the worst, but it, that didn't matter. And now to be able to work with some of the same programs or brands or even just like, just work in that field in general is sort of fundamentally satisfying. I enjoy it, you know. Um, Some of the most recognizable networks Yeah, in the world. and I mean, even before I was at Bike, I mean, and, and obviously mm -hmm. I wouldn't speak very highly of their stuff, um, but yeah, it just, there's something really nice about either educating people through news or entertaining them at the end of their long day. You know, I, I really, really find that satisfying. Great. That's really good to hear. I think I have everything. Unless, is there anything else you'd want to add at the end of this? Uh, no. Congratulations <laughs> to everyone for doing their stuff. That's great. Thank you so much. Of course. And I really appreciate you coming all the way over. Of course. And, Happy to do. Um, yeah. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much to Bria for coming to the GC today to speak with us. Bria participated in one of our alumni events at the Graduate Center, so if you want to attend one for yourself and hear from more graduates in person, you should check out our Twitter, Facebook, or website for event announcements and updates. You can also enjoy more of our episodes of Alumni Aloud, where we bring our graduate stories to you. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud, and you'll automatically be notified of new episodes. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CareerPlanGC. Thanks for listening.